0: The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, friends. We are back with another episode today, and I have a very special guest with me she is a thought leader, a speaker, she is the founder of she sells and host of the she sells podcast, she is a coach for women in sales and helps women build their businesses and their brands and to succeed beyond six figures and i could not be happier to have her here today. We're actually as you know um Doing our mental health and entrepreneurship series this year, at least through first quarter. We're going to dive in a little bit to that today too, and how anxiety has influenced her in her journey, just like it has so many of ours. So without further ado, Elise Archer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Robin. I'm just, I'm so excited for the
1: opportunity to talk about all the things, right? The emotional and mental health, how we can grow our businesses, how we can make more money, all of it. So this is this is such a treat, and I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm honored to have you. I was on your show, oh gosh, I think it was summertime 2021, and we had such a great conversation, and I just feel a great connection with you. And we have so many similarities in our journeys and things like that. And one of the cool things that I was kind of crushing a little bit, whenever we met for the first time I had seen on, I think your website or somewhere that you had actually work with Lewis Howes. And for years <laughs> I followed him and read his books and thought, oh, he's just the coolest thing. And I loved a lot of his messaging. So I think that's so cool that you actually have that opportunity. So listeners, if you don't know who Lewis House is, he is a kid still really compared to me, but, um, a young man who has just really inspired a lot of people to mm. tap into their own greatness on levels that are exceptional. So anyway, I just had to shout that out that you have worked with him. Cause I think it's so cool.
1: Oh um, my gosh. And he's a, he's a really, really good guy. So it's like everything you see on the outside is what you get on the inside and really, really good, good person. But yeah, it was an awesome opportunity for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, humble beginnings, I think, kind of keep you humble, right?
1: Mm, mm Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where do we (laughs) go? Start. So I will share. I'll share the inspiration for what I do and and the work we do in the she sells community. And then, Robin, you can take it wherever wherever you want to go from there. But I have a background in corporate sales. So this is embarrassing and this dates me. But my first corporate sales job was selling Yellow Pages, which a lot of your listeners probably don't even know what that is. And Hopefully they don't. <laughs> but anyway, it's it makes me sound like a dinosaur. But that was my first corporate sales job, and then I went into media sales and selling digital marketing and working on some really big, you know, working with big global brands. And my own experience in sales was that I uh, I was always a top producer, so I was always you know top of the office or near top of the office and top of the company, but on the outside, it looked like I was doing really well on the inside. No one knew all the challenges that I was struggling with. And I was struggling with crippling anxiety. I was having panic attacks. I was struggling with an eating disorder actually. And I was putting so much effort and work into just trying to seek validation through my achievements, Mm -hmm. which I am imagining a lot of your listeners can probably relate to at some phase in their life. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And so I was really on that hamster wheel. And in my mid twenties, I found myself, you know, with a nice house, nice car, all of that, but struggling with all of these inner challenges that I wasn't really sharing with anyone and part of the problem too, was that the way that I understood to be successful was very much like hustle, grind, burn the candle at both ends. So I would get like four hours sleep a night. I'd be up super early in the morning, you know, trying to get in more emails, get in more customer outreach, do more sales. And it just it was exhausting. And what was being taught about how to close people was, you know, in some companies I worked with it, it blurred the lines of what I felt like was integrous or not. And so, but I I didn't know anything else. I'd never really been taught anything else. And so I kind of reached this point in my late twenties where I said, something's got to change. You know, we, we kind of reached that point of no return. I think many of us at some point in our life where we say it feels scary to release a lot of what I've created in my life up until this point and go into the unknown, but the pain of where I am is so much greater than the fear of stepping into the unknown. And mm-hmm. so I made a lot of big changes pretty fast. I left the, the quote unquote secure corporate job and went out and started a sales coaching business. I had one client who paid me $300 to review a presentation for him. And I, in my mind, that was proof of concept. I said, okay, I could get a customer. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I love um, it. I, yeah, it was It, it was you know, it was a little gutsy, but that's, that's kind of how I roll. Um, I left a really toxic relationship. I got treatment for the eating disorder and really went on this journey of, you know, finding myself again for risk of sounding too cliche and along the way develop, she sells this, this brand that I'm honored to, um, you really just, I feel like I'm an ambassador for it now, which is really about helping women, helping women sell and make more money in a way that's actually in alignment for them where it's not about doing things that are out of integrity for you to get the sale. Um, it's about elevating your financial frequency. It's about learning how to sell in a way that feels good to you. It's about abundance and worthiness and valuing yourself and the, um, the results, the women in our community are having are incredible, and it's really been based on kind of my own journey of having a dark night of the soul and then saying, there's got to be another way to do this. And I learn and grow along with the women in our community all the time. And I'm, I'm super grateful for it. So that's that's a bit of the backstory. I'm happy to share anything else, but, um, but that's what inspired the creation of the brand.
0: I love it. And I love that you say you now learn alongside the women in your community, because I mm. think when we we band together with other like-minded individuals, and I think that's one of the advantages of being a part of a coaching program or having a coach or being in a community, because then you can learn from others, but you're also inspired to take intentional action and move forward versus staying in that place of, I think it's false security of, you know, staying where you are because you think it's working versus yeah. pushing yourself out into a new realm of opportunity and potential for success. So I love that you say that you grow with them. I think that's so important. Oh, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think to your point of of like the comfort zone is the most dangerous place to be always, right? always, always, always. It's the most dangerous place to be. And I've, I've learned in my own life when I start to get too comfortable with something, it's like. I've got to intentionally go in there and switch it up or else life will bring you something that forces you to switch it up and grow. And, yeah, yeah. and so just learning to constantly kind of be on that edge of, and, and the feminine is actually a lot about the unknown. So one of the mm-hmm. things we, we work on in our program is aligning your feminine and your masculine energy. Cause we all have both, but feminine is really about the unknown, like being open to, wow, what is next and how could it be different and not having to have everything. So solid. And then I've got my three-step plan for the next two years and I know how everything's going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's so critical to constantly be getting yourself out, out of that comfort zone and, and pushing into new realms for sure.
0: Yeah. I love that. And, and you're right. When we're in our comfort zone, we're not growing. If we're mm-hmm. not being challenged, we're not growing. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And it feels, it feels scary. I mean, I had, I'm happy to share. I had an
1: experience, um, around this time last year where I, I'd kind of, I was feeling, feeling kind of stuck again. Like things were really good in life. Had a, our son was four months old at the time and, um, life was good. Like, you know, plenty of money to pay our bills, all the things, but I was just feeling like, it's time for me to step up in another way and like really stretch myself. And I was, I had a vision for a nonprofit I wanted to create and wanted to be able to pay for my husband's medical school coming up. And the amount of money I was making at the time was good, but it wasn't going to cover those things. And I felt this extremely strong download to hire this particular woman as a coach. The investment to work with her was half of what I had made the whole year. And I didn't have that money sitting around. It, I did not have that much sitting around, just waiting for coaching. But it, the down, the nudge was so strong of you have to do this that I I resisted it for a couple of days, and then I was like, oh, right, God, like I'm going to trust and go out in faith and put the you know the deposit on a, a credit card here and. I'll trust that I'm being guided to something greater and was extremely uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable and went through about three weeks after I made that payment of like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like I'm putting my family at risk. I've got still a lot more that I owe on this program. And what if this doesn't work? And am I out of my mind? But the person who I had to become in that process and the new ways I had to heal my relationship with myself Relationship with money and feeling worthy of making even more. I had to really dig deeper into my spiritual connection and journey there. In six weeks, my annual income, my old annual income became my monthly income. And it was like that like it was fast, but it, it took going through that very uncomfortable period of not having that extra money coming in yet and feeling insecure and feeling uncertain and then having to become the woman who had that next level life. And so it's, I'm always kind of like, okay, what's, how can I push myself to the edge a little bit there? Because again, I think in life we have to do it, or we will be pushed not out of punishment, but just like, that's part of why we're here to grow. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm a huge proponent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that because I've done the same thing in this past Mm -hmm. year and it's like, Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So, you know, you you have this sense of panic and you keep thinking, yeah. did I do the right thing? Did I But when you feel and I I strongly believe that when you feel something in your heart or you have an idea, that's God calling you. That's him saying like it's time. It's time. I've got your back, but it's time. You need to do this. And as scary as it is, and I've told this story on the show before, you know, about my book, like I, I kind of fought this for a long time like, oh, nobody's going to buy it. Or, oh, I'm not a writer. Or, uh, no, you know, nobody's going to find value in this. And then once I put pen to paper and I finally sat down and did it, the revelation is amazing. And mm. I think it's when we have an opportunity to invest in ourselves so that we can serve more people and like you said you know you have aspirations to start a nonprofit i have the same aspiration but we can't do that if we're not grounded on financial stability and abundance ourselves so for sure i love that you brought that into this conversation so let's talk a little bit at least about your reputation formula i'm so curious about this
1: oh my gosh yeah well this is i cannot take um i can't take credit for this but it's it's good and it's powerful and you mentioned before that Lewis had been a client. And the way that that happened is I'm a founding team member of a company called Brand Builders Group, which is a personal brand strategy firm. And so Lewis is a a client of that company and just amazing, amazing friends and colleagues of mine over there. But the reputation formula is really how do we build a rock solid reputation in our space, which I know so much of your expertise is around personal branding. And I'd say personal brand slash reputation are really synonymous, but it can feel kind of vague. Like, gosh, there's so many components to it, right? How do I dial it down? So the formula is results multiplied by your reach equals your reputation. So your results multiplied by your reach equals your reputation. Now, when we look at, because some people will say, well, what matters more? Does it matter more that you have um, incredible results or do you need a big following? Right. And it kind of depends is what I would say. Your results can be, they can be positive results or they can be negative results, right? You can look at someone like like a, a Lewis, right? For example, where like his work really changes lives and it's not all fluff and um, like shiny object, which is unfortunately a lot of what you see with coaches and mentors presenting online. So you got to really dig and see like who's got it and who's kind of just surface level, like really good results, but you can have that. And if nobody knows about you, if you have no reach, then it doesn't matter. Like you don't really have a reputation in your space. Uh-huh. So the flip side is true too. If you have negative results, I mean, look at Bernie Madoff, right? And you've got a big reach. A lot of people know about you. That's a big negative reputation. So it can go either way. So what, what we want to think about when we're building our brand is positive results and that can be you're getting great results in your own life and you're going to go out and teach your method to your clients so they can duplicate that and create their own great results that's usually if you're you know earlier on starting off or it can be you know you've you've your clients are getting great results you've already built your business and that's positive but then who knows about you that's your reach so that's why we want to be intentional about growing that audience and growing growing your reputation in that space those things combined become your reputation. So it's, it's really both matter. And I think a good thing to do is just do an inventory and look at, okay, do I have great results? Do I need to strengthen those a little bit?
0: Or if
1: if I've got great results, okay, how can I really start expanding my reach as well and getting that in front of more people to develop that bigger reputation?
0: Mm, I love that. And it does, it does go hand in hand. It's not one or the other. We can't just look at follower accounts and think, oh, I'm, I'm having success because I have all of these people that are quote unquote, following me, that doesn't matter if you aren't producing results.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And there's, you know, you, you hear in the space, like you can be Instagram rich and dollar poor too. So, (laughs) so it's, there's a lot of things on the surface that you can see and say, oh, that person is very successful, but by what measure? right? Especially when you look at, you know, only a fraction of a, a per, it's like a percentage of people are going to see your stuff from your following right. at any given time. So it's like 2% it's all now.
0: It's so silly. 2%. Yeah, I mean, it's like nothing. Yeah. You gotta have
1: an email list is the, you do. <laughs> the moral you of do. the
0: story. Exactly. I preach it all the <laughs> yeah. time. Okay. So I love that. So now let's move into, because I think as women, it's especially hard for us to sell. A lot of people are so afraid to sell. And when we come from a place of I'm selling so that I can make money, it is even harder to sell than if we just come from a place of service. I want to help this person. I have the ability to help this person. I want to share my knowledge with this person, but because I have worked so hard to attain the knowledge I have, I am worthy of being paid for this. So Mm -hmm. how do we sell and stay aligned with ourselves and and who we are? How does that work? Yeah. Oh
1: gosh. It's, I love that question, Robin. And I think the biggest thing is number one, embracing, I think women are the best salespeople and this is, I I don't want to be like gender specific. Well, it look, it's a, it's a gender specific brand, but anyone could be a great salesperson. I think a lot of, as women are natural inherent traits, make us great salespeople, relationship building, loving people, Taking care of people. I think what has happened in the sales world, and I think this is shifting, which I'm excited about, but certainly the way I came up in sales and the way a lot of people probably think of sales is it's trying to fit into a box that just doesn't work with how we're wired as women. So Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, follow this exact script and this exact process and make a hundred calls and say this exact thing and you'll get this result, which is a lot of what I was taught in sales, which actually is very masculine energy. Mm -hmm. Masculine is you follow this process and you get this result. It's A plus B equals C. Feminine is very Mm nonlinear, and This is how I sold and I had success in corporate, but I wasn't actually allowed to talk about how I was doing it because it was so different from what everybody else was doing, which is kind of following this exact script and process. For me, it was always, how can I build a personal brand? How can I draw and attract clients to me, which is a feminine trait magnetizing and receiving? How can I build deeper relationships? And it was also nonlinear where I would follow my intuition, reach Mm -hmm. out to this person today, even if they're not on your prospect list for today, this person's not quite ready to buy yet, even though it's the end of the month. So I don't feel like I want to push it, even though my boss is telling me we need to close it. Right. So as women, we have these natural traits that are actually great for sales, and I think in I've been out of corporate for a while now, but just for it, you know from what I hear from my clients, there's still a lot of old conditioning around sales has to be done this very masculine way but I, I do think that's shifting, and I think there's more and more platforms and opportunities that are espousing these more feminine principles. But I'll I'll give an example. I was on a group call yesterday with one of our group programs and one of the clients, one of my clients came on and she had just hosted her first webinar, launching a new program. And she was ecstatic. She came on and she sold a new client right away. And it was like, it was just everything aligned. And she was so, and she said, I did it my way. She said, I didn't say, she was like, I know what they say you're supposed to do on webinars. I know you're supposed to like say this thing three times. And she was like, I feel like that's talking to people like they're idiots. And I don't want to Mm -hmm. talk to people like they're idiots. I did it my way. I stayed in my heart. I stayed open. I said, I spoke from the heart and it was just boom, like effortless flow, new client right off the bat, brand new program. And that's, that's what I mean. By women selling in a way that's in alignment. So it's trusting yourself enough to know that if something feels off for you, that there's another way. Mm -hmm. And that just because someone who is a millionaire who says, you have to sell this one way, or else you're not gonna succeed, like they're not you. You've Mm got to learn to trust yourself and what feels right to you and trust that when you do it your way and you follow your inner guidance system, that's how you're gonna get the best results. Yeah. And it's it's not as easy to teach because it's not a three-step process. It's more learned and experiential, but it's always the thing that will give you the best results
0: for sure. For sure. And I think because women are so much more likely to be compassionate and empathetic, that also helps us, do you agree? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the biggest thing that I I end up working on with women in that area is not becoming like best friends with your prospect on a sales call. So if yeah. you cuz that can be easy to do, right? And I I've right. had to train myself to not do that too. Yeah. If you sell through phone calls or through Zoom calls or just conversations, we have to remember that it's it's a disservice to get too buddy-buddy with somebody in that conversation to the point where you leave the call and they're like, oh, this was great. It's so much fun to talk to you. And I got so much great advice. Thank you. I'm going to go implement this on my own. If they really need what you have to offer, that's a disservice to them. So we have to learn to kind of toe that line of having compassion and also being in that, just having that fierce intention of, My job is to help someone move forward in favor of their highest good, because that's actually the best thing I could do for them in this moment and take ourselves out of the equation, take our need to be liked out of it, take our need to be approved of out of it. That's why I do a lot of inner child healing work with my clients. And I do it on myself too, because young Elise wants everyone to like her and wants everyone to approve of her and wants to be everyone's favorite. And it's like, that's not actually the way to sell. So we've got to learn to do that inner work too and make that distinction. But yes, compassion, empathy are key in sales. We just have to know how to leverage them.
0: Yes, absolutely. And something you just said, you mentioned the word disservice. And I think that If we don't sell, we're doing a disservice to those people who actually do need our help, need our service, need the solution to their problem that we can offer for them. And so I I like that you brought that word into play here because there are a lot of ways where if we aren't selling, and I mean genuinely selling from a place of service, we are doing a disservice to those people who do need our products or services.
1: Oh, absolutely. And this is something else great. I'll, I'll give credit to uh, my friend Rory over at Brand Builders Group, who says, Your calling is someone else's signal. So when you feel that call, whether it's your audience is entrepreneurs primarily, I work with both entrepreneurs and sales professionals, but like when you feel that call to create your program or your product and put it out in the world, you can trust. But that's because somebody else needs it. And they don't need it from some other person in your space. They need it from you specifically. They need your background, your perspective on it, your viewpoint. I had this conversation yesterday with a client on the same group call where she's got a great program, great background, great expertise. But she's afraid to put it out there because what if someone goes through the program and they don't like it and they want to refund? And I I get that because we've all had those limiting beliefs,
0: Yes. but it's
1: the conversation was really around, you got to get out of your own way and realize it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Like it literally, the reason you feel called to create this program is because there are women who need it. So it's a, we got to remind ourselves of this a lot sometimes, but it's the truth. I think that helps us get out of our own way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's flipping that switch to think about the other person before we think about ourselves. Mm -hmm,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Again and again.
0: So the last question I have for you is the surprising factor that skyrockets women's income.
1: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I've learned in my own life and I've seen in my clients too, is that your income will never exceed your level of self-worth ever, ever, ever. Your income will never exceed your level of self-worth. I talked about earlier in the show, my own experience this past year of of having that big financial leap. And for me, what it boiled down to when I did the inner work was there was a part of me that hadn't felt worthy of making that amount of money before because I hadn't seen anyone in my family do it. I hadn't been around it per se. And so when I really got down to it and started thinking about and visualizing, what is it like to make this amount? I realized I didn't feel worthy of it. And so I had to do the deep inner work to practice feeling worthy, which can be challenging when there's a lot of conditioning in our society, in a lot of religions. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say what to believe or what to think here, but there's a lot of conditioning Mm -hmm. in our world about not being worthy. Even as women inherently, these mm-hmm. things are generational you're not as worthy as men. So we've got to do that work and we've got to realize that that is oftentimes the thing that's capping your income level. And I'll share another example. A client in our program shared on a recent group call, she's in the financial space and she's wanting to move into a new type of role. And she's talking to a recruiter about this role. And the recruiter asked her her salary requirements. And she gave her number and she said the recruiter stopped and was just silent. And my client knew enough to not say anything either. And then the recruiter said, well, that's at the higher end of what's what's normal in the space, but I'll see what I can do. And so they're, they're in the negotiation process now. But what my client said was, I would never have given that number before. If I hadn't done the inner work to feel worthy to practice, feeling worthy of it would never have done it. So, so this is, this is key. This is critical. We have to share one other, if we have time, I can share one other client story um, that people might be able to relate to another woman in our community. She's also in the finance, lots of financial services stories today. We've got women across different, different industries, but she's also in that, that space. And She's a a cool story in our community where she actually doubled her income in three weeks when she started applying these principles. But what she shared when she first started, when we first started working together was that she's also a cycling instructor on the side and she's in great shape. She's super fit, physically active. When she attends a cycling class, she goes to one of the classes where you've got everyone score up on the front of the room so you can see kind of where you rank in accordance Uh with everybody else. She said, I would sit there and I would, I would be doing the workout and I would see myself start to creep to the top. She said, the minute I got in that number two position, I would slow down because what would it mean about me? And what would people think about me if I was number one? And it was that aha of, oh my gosh, I'm doing that in all aspects of my life, not just at the gym. But in my work, in a relationship. And so, because that's conditioning, right? It's like, don't be too shiny, don't be too much, don't be too this, because then what? Then you're a, you're a target, et cetera. So when she did that inner work and that healing, she boom, doubled her income, got a like an awesome new role. And it's it, it can happen fast. So I think that's the good news here. Is like when we do this work, it doesn't have to be prolonged and extended. I usually see it take a couple of weeks to a couple months, but We got to be aware of it first, that that's actually the thing that's capping it, that self-worth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what's an exercise that you work with your clients on to tap into their self-worth?
1: Oh, there's a lot. It's It's a good question. So I am personally, when it comes to money, when it comes to feeling worthy around money, and this, this is not my exercise, but this is a meditation that I recommend. I love Dr. Joe Dispenza and his generating abundance meditation. Have you done that one? Yeah. It's oh no, I haven't done that one, but I know Joe
0: Dispenza. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I that's actually a huge, I I feel like that was a big factor for me in working on elevating my own self-worth around money because it has you practice feelings in your body of worthiness and of abundance.
0: Interesting. And so yeah.
1: So that one I and I have all my clients do it too, and it it makes a big impact as well. Um, the other thing that I I do and I have them do too is practice and it it takes a lot of awareness, but practice filtering decisions through the lens of someone who has that. Let's just, again, we're we're talking about money here today. You could apply it to anything, but let's just use money for the example. Who has that amount of money that you want to make? So let's say you want to go from six figures to seven figures. And the six-figure version of you is sitting here and you've got a certain level of awareness that's brought in this amount of money to you so far. And you're like, well... That feels like a really big investment for me to make because I'm not quote unquote making enough yet to invest in whatever this new team member, this coach, yada, yada. Well, what would the seven figure version of you do and how does she think about it and how do, how worthy does she feel of that? Um, and just practice that. It's almost like we have to act and pretend like we're somebody else because you're literally conditioning new neural pathways in your brain. So it's, it takes really a lot of intention and a lot of energy to do this, but a belief is just a thought you think again and again. Mm -hmm. So if you want to create a new result, you've got to create a new belief to mirror that result. And if we can practice thoughts that are in alignment with our goal and practice thoughts of worthiness and not evaluate, am I worthy of this, but is this goal worthy of me and worthy of my life? then we can start to flip it. So it's all a total paradigm shift and f- kind of flipping things on their heads, but it, it works. It, it absolutely works with intention.
0: I love that. I love that yeah. concept of, is this goal worthy of me? Because when we think about goals, it, it's not always an easy path to, to reach a goal. Mm-hmm. So is that goal worthy of my time, my effort, my energy, my sacrifice to make it happen? Yeah. I mean, Bob Proctor says, as he says, like you trade your life for your goals.
1: We really do. If you think about it, every goal yeah. you, to your point, it's time, it's energy, it's sacrifice. Is that worthy of this chunk of my life? You know, and it it changes how you look at things and you start to realize, gosh, my, I was like, I, I need to set some higher goals because this is, I, I want my life to matter and count for something. And so it's a total flip, but it's also very empowering.
0: Yeah, I love that. Oh my gosh, Elise, this has been a fabulous conversation. So, so good. Do you have any last recommendations or thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with?
1: I would say the biggest thing, and it's gonna sound simple, but it's it's kind of the motto that I've learned to live my life by and that's created good good results is just trust yourself. Trust yourself. As women, we learn not to trust our bodies. We learn not to trust our hearts. We often disconnect and we go into our head um, as a defense mechanism, as a result of trauma. And our our truth is always going to come like what's, what's in our best and highest good is going to come from listening to that thing, your heart is calling you to do. It will never be quote unquote logical. You usually won't have all the money for it ahead of time. Um, it'll feel scary. It'll feel stretchy, but your truth is there. And so we have to practice and we can practice trusting ourselves with the small things and listening to our heart with the small things. And then over time it will become your default mode and your guidance mechanism, but it's, in my own life, learning to get back in touch there and stop living so much in my head and start really connecting to my heart. Everything you want comes when you live that way. And it's a much more exuberant and joyful and miraculous and peaceful existence too. So that's the biggest thing is just trust yourself.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love it. Mm. Listeners, Thank you so much for staying till the end of the show. I think this interview has been absolutely amazing and so valuable for all of us. And I hope that you appreciate it and will leave us a rating and review because that is how other people will learn more about the show, find the show, listen to the show, and then learn these valuable life lessons and business strategies that can help them skyrocket into the future as well. So if you know someone that is struggling with their own self-worth, someone who is trying to start a business, not sure where they fit or how they feel and are afraid to sell and announce that they have this business, direct them to this episode because I think they'll find some valuable lessons here that will help them. So thanks again for being here. And Elise, thank you for being here. It was an honor to have you. Thank you so much,
1: Robin. This is wonderful.
0: You've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal, but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. And I'm here to help you. Together, we'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. Work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingram.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.